At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Chicago CityCast with Danny Burke. Presented by Bet Rivers. What's happening, folks? Welcome to it. Happy Friday to all of you out there. It is time for another edition of the Chicago CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here as always. Apologies for the lackluster effort on the energy side of things. If it may seem that way, my voice is a little hoarse as of this moment. Maybe it's because I suffered another horrendous beat in baseball and this has just been one of the worst betting weeks in quite some time. Or it's because of seasonal allergies, but it also is probably option C, which would be a little bit of both, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B put together. So again, apologies for kind of the uh, muggy voice here, but we're going to power through it and we're going to look forward to having ourselves a nice show. Cubs play today on the road against the Diamondbacks. Interesting series. You wouldn't typically say that against the Diamondbacks, but that's the state of the Cubbies right now. White Sox, wow, dismantled game one in a game they should have won with their ace out there and virtually a no-name guy for the Yankees, and, well, the Sox got pummeled. Probably going to get pummeled tonight. Garrett Cole against Velasquez. What the hell can you expect out of that? Well, I'll share my thoughts on that. And then furthermore, like we've been doing for the past episodes, uh, we'll also get into the NBA postseason and the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, you know, I'll probably spend some time talking about the Bears and their schedule release as well. I mean, there's not too much to go crazy about. But look, I was kind of tweeting it, saying what I thought on my, you know, consensus of... uh, not consensus, but just my angle of how I would bet the win total. And you know the way I would go about it. I've talked about it. But everybody's looking down on the Bears. I can't say I blame you, but I just think they're not going to be as horrid as one may believe. 
All right, so I'll explain why again a little bit deeper in the show. Um, if you are curious, the bad beat that I had, you probably don't give a crap, but <laughs> I just got to vent it out a little bit. It's just been bad beat after bad beat, it seems, this week. And it's not really, again, as bad as I'm picturing it to be, but it, again, it just adds another cherry on top of the other cherry that was already on the Sunday that made it terrible at the beginning of the week. But yesterday, I took a bet on the Dodgers against the Phillies. This was a play we gave out on Rush Hour. The Dodgers inevitably give up a run in the first because that's just how my bet's been going off to terrible starts. And then in the second, I was like, all right, you know, I, I like go through these phases of like feelings and like knowing what's going to happen. So it's like 1-0 and I was like, all right, is, if they just keep it 1-0, it'll be fine, right? I mean, just get someone on base in the bottom of the first. Didn't happen. I checked my phone again because I was at a rehearsal dinner. So I was checking my phone again and then it goes up to 4 nothing. I was like, oh, great. We're going to have one of these nights again. Awesome. No chance whatsoever. And it's not even the third damn inning. So then whatever, it's like 4-1-5-1-7-4-7-3, something like that. I'm on my way home, and I check the score, and it's 7-7. Seven to seven. I was like, let's go. Come on. That's what I'm talking about. We said you can't trust the Phillies bullpen, and lo and behold, they're blowing it. And not only did they tie it up, it was the bottom of the eighth, and the Dodgers had runners on first and third. Ah, it pains me to say this. They had runners on first and third with one out. I'm like, here we go, close it out, sack fly, whatever the hell you got to do, take the lead and just please close it out. Well, no, they're going to bunt once, foul ball, not close. Bunt it again, first baseman knew he was doing it, so he was halfway there and the bunt literally went right to him, easy out at home. The stupidest play I've seen in quite some time, and I say that for a lot of things, I get it, but I mean, what the hell are you doing? You're a major league player. At least just try to get a sack fly. They know you're going to bunt it. And a lot of times, I'm a big advocate for bunting. Like in extras, when you got a runner on second, I'm fine with that. But, I mean, come on. You got a guy on third with one out. You can have him tag up. If you're not capable of hitting a stupid pop fly in baseball, get the hell off the team. And then guess what? You knew that they were going to score, being Philly. Because I was like driving, so I wasn't watching the game. I'm like, I'm going to turn off my phone. And I guarantee, because they had that opportunity, they came all the way back. Because this has happened to me several times. That the Phillies, a hundred, I would have literally like turned everything around at that point if I weren't driving. Like The bet that I made on the Dodgers after they didn't score with the runners on first and third, I would have been like, hey, I'm going to take that amount and bet that the Phillies score in this next half inning. And I look really quick. It's like one out Philadelphia, right? I mean, they got the first guy out. I was like, oh, wow, maybe it actually won't happen. Ten minutes later, I check, eight to seven, bases loaded. <laughs> of course. I mean, what, there was a wild pitch? I don't even know how they got the bases loaded. They ended up getting two runs, nine to seven. And I'm like, yep, that is literally the most classic scenario that could have happened here. Oh, but it got worse. Bottom of the ninth. I had already given up. But just, you know, just to check and torture myself even more, I take a gander. What's happening now? First and second, nobody out. Oh, the Dodgers are making it interesting. Turn on the game. They walk. The next batter, bases loaded. Nobody out. Oh, baby. Can't remember who the hell came up next. First pitch, weak pop up the right field. Didn't even send him home to tag up. Next batter, I think Cody Bellinger. Weak pop up center field. Didn't even send him home to tag up. 
third batter, I think it was, who was it, Chris Taylor, right? That's his name. Yeah, Chris Taylor. I mean, look, he's had some heroics in the past, so I knew it was done. I figured he was going to strike out, but, you know, I... <laughs> I'm just giggling at this point. I'm just like, how can you torture me anymore? I don't know. He gets a 3-2 count. Pop-up, short, short stop, I think. Got it. And I lose. Which I should have anyways. And I tweeted after they didn't score on first and third. I'm like, they deserve to lose this game. And they did. Like, wow. Who the hell is this team? You lost two out of three to Pittsburgh. You go home and you get blown out by the Phillies. And I get it. You didn't get blown out, but you gave them nine runs to them. Jeez. And again, just terrible strategy. And also, you know what? On the first sack fly, I get it. Risky. You don't want to double up. On the second one, just send them at that point. You need to get one run. You're down two. You're not going to do squat with two outs. <laughs> I just no no aggressiveness whatsoever out of the Dodgers. Now they got Kershaw and Gibson pitching, and naturally the Dodgers are like a two twenty favorite. And of course I won't bet that, but the Dodgers will go out and win like six to two or something like that. So I suggest you bet it because I probably won't, and I'll look at it and go, "Yep, they just went out and crushed them the next game." Because that's how uncanny it's been lately. But we will get through it. Apologies if you've been tailing this week, to be honest with you. Like I said, it's been kind of rough. But look, you're going to have losing weeks. You're going to have losing months. What you don't want to do, of course, is have losing years. And for the, what, two and a half years that I've been back in Chicago doing this, we've been fortunate not to. And I've been doing it even before when I was out in Vegas. But when I started Rush Hour and moved back out here to Chicago, it's it's been great. I mean, we've been very fortunate. Our total record with Danny's Dimes were 576, 467, and 17. Baseball, we got on a little hot streak, but now we're struggling. We're 15, 17, and 1. NBA, though, we've been doing great, 69, 50, and 1. And we got home with our Heat series bets. How the hell about it? Heat to win the series, minus 170, and they covered the series spread. That was a huge win out of Miami. NHL, still crushing it like last year. Last year, we went 30 and 11. Been betting more on it this year, and we're 52, 35, and 2. So, again, look, you know, we've been doing well. You just got to stick with it. Baseball, it'll come around. It always has its ebbs and flows, for me at least. And it's just a matter of time. But again, it's the good thing about sports betting. You can take off the night. You can come back and bet and look to have some success the next day. There's always going to be something you can bet. You don't have to force it. Still quality over quantity. But just know that you're going to go through these rough patches, right? It's inevitable. It's sports betting. It's one of the hardest things to have success in. And we're just going through a little rough week here. We will bounce back. Everything will be fine. Just stick with it. I don't want to say trust the process because Mr. Trust the Process, Joel B just lost. I'm just saying trust the plan and keep cruising along and we'll be all right. I promise you that. But yeah, tough beat once again. Hopefully you weren't on the same side there. And hopefully you didn't bet the White Sox either. Holy cow. That was terrible. I just, this White Sox team... Again, like, how often do they have to prove to us that they can't hang with the big boys? It's constant now. And I know most Sox fans realize that, but you would have figured that, hey, you could get at least one win in this series with Cease going against Gill, who's been making his first starts since he's been. I mean, he started for the Yankees last year, but he was in AAA this year. 
And Cease got lit up, man. Sheesh, that was bad. And it's probably not going to get better tonight. But look, it's a long ball weekend at Bat River Sportsbook, and you can win a $25 free bet whether your players go deep or punch out. And to earn the free bet, you got to place a $25 bet on any player to hit a home run in each game of this weekend's Yankees-White Sox series. You must make the home run bet in all three games of the series to earn the free bet Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Will the wind blow out on the south side this weekend? Well, go ahead, make your bets today on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER at 1-800-426-2537. All right, let's get into the handicap for this White Sox and Yankees game. Garrett Cole, Vince Velasquez, no faith in the White Sox whatsoever. Come on, I'm going to be honest. Do you have faith? I mean, again, if I look to fade the White Sox here, which I want to, I mean, they'll inevitably find a way to win, which, hey, might not be the worst thing because we're sweating out. Not sweating out, they'll win it. But we bet the White Sox to win the Central, so a win is always solid in that regard. But Velasquez, let's go into his numbers this year. He's 2-2. Two and two. ERA, honestly not bad, right? 1.37 whip, like that's respectable enough to not completely want to fade him. And then you look at the underlying statistics, 4.32 FIP, definitely in the bad territory. 4.24 Sierra, not great. And the good news, though, if you do want to trust him, is that he has been a lot better at home than on the road. There are actually some pretty pretty sizable splits. It doesn't matter. Does it matter going against this Yankees team that you are 1-8 in your last nine games against them and you just got dominated 15-7 to last night by them? And you're going against Garrett Cole, who's 2-0, 2.67 ERA, 1.12 whip, 3.59 FIP, great Sierra, 3.12. Guess what? On the road, he's been solid as well. 2.35 ERA, 3.52 FIP, in a 287 Woba. Plus, Cole is 2-1 with a 3.79 ERA in three career starts against the Southsiders. He last faced them May 22nd, 2021 in New York. He allowed just four hits in seven scoreless innings. Well, guess where the line moved for this one, folks? New York opened about minus 165. Chicago, plus 140. Total at 7.5. Now, if you go to vsin.com, V-S-I-N.com, and you look at the odds page for baseball, it shows you all the odds throughout Vegas. And the highest odds are, I don't know, maybe like 185 in favor of the Yankees. Bet Rivers is like, uh, no, we're not trusting the White Sox whatsoever. And I get that it's not necessarily all Bet Rivers. It's the amount of money that's coming in. But their hometown team is getting no love. The Yankees are minus $2. That's right, minus 200 on the Bronx Bombers tonight. The White Sox plus 163, and the total is ticked up to 8 Run line for the Yankees. You're not even getting plus money. It's minus 110. You want to take the run in the hook with the White Sox, it's minus 113. And look, if you shop around in Illinois as well, I mean, most of the other odds have like anywhere from minus 175 to minus 190. So again, do your due diligence. Do yourself a favor. Make yourself available to other books because then minus $2 seems a bit too high and too drastic. I'm not saying that I wouldn't like, okay, 
if everybody had minus two dollars, I'd go, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, we don't trust the White Sox. The Yankees have been killing it. So again, I guess let me take that back. I'm not shocked by it, and it's not crazy, but it's just like wild that it's that much of a difference compared to the other books. But I mean, do the Yankees deserve to be a $2 favorite over the White Sox? Yeah, probably. Probably. And not only have they gotten a lot of love in terms of the full game, but they've gotten naturally a lot of love in the first five because then you're just solely relying on the starting pitching. Looking at the first five odds, Moneyline has the Yankees minus 205, the White Sox in this situation plus 165. Now, we talked about this bet yesterday, the lead after five innings three-way at Bet Rivers. You can bet the tie, which is plus 460. You can bet the White Sox, which is plus 215, or to get better value on the Yankees. So virtually, it's a minus a half bet on them for the first five, meaning they have to be winning going into the sixth. It's minus 143. The difference is if it does tie, you don't get your money back because the tie is a betting option. So you could do the money line first five and you could tie and get your money back at minus 205 or you could just lay minus 143 with the Yankees to be leading after five. And hey, if you want to do it, just do the lead after five in my opinion. I don't want to lay over $2 with the Yankees. Anything can happen in the first five innings. And I know they looked great yesterday, but the Yankees bats as of late have been coming alive later as opposed to sooner in the games. I'm not saying it can't happen here, but that's just kind of what it's been. If you want some plus money, the spread for the first five, minus one and a half, the Yankees plus 133. Um, Look, I'll probably get involved with the Yankees in some kind of capacity, right? How could you not? I mean, Garrett Cole hasn't been as dominant as he has been in years past, per se, but he's still fantastic right I mean it's all relative to what we hold his expectations to and Vince Velasquez again he hasn't been a train wreck but man I (laughs) if Dylan Cease is getting lit up by these guys imagine what's going to happen to Vince Velasquez here so maybe you look at the run line for the Yankees maybe you're willing to lay a better price if you search around with the Yankees I just don't see how you trust the White Sox here And yesterday on Rush Hour, I was talking with Will Hill, host of the New York City cast. And look, I talked about this on on this show, the Chicago City cast and Rush Hour. And I didn't bet it, but I'm like, look, if there's a game the White Sox are going to win or need to win this series, you got to think it's this one with their ace. But then I'm like, simultaneously, getting that much plus money with a team that at that point had won, what, 15 out of their last 17 games? How do you not just out of principle take the plus money? So really, either side made sense to me. But you saw right there that, hey, the Yankees are just far and away the better team no matter what the situation is. And because I'm saying this because you can't make that same argument, I believe, with the White Sox going, oh, the White Sox, you know, plus 160 or whatever, you know, and you played out of principle. No. How could you? You can't. They're not that team. They can be that team, but they just have yet to play like it. Look, I know we're sweating out this White Sox bet to win the AL Central. And again, I believe they'll get there. I'm not too worried about it. But as a Sox fan, you know, how do you feel about this team? I'm genuinely curious. And I ask my friends who are Sox fans, and a lot of them have just had their hopes really diminished in the sense of their World Series expectations. I mean, some still just have them completely high because they're diehard fans, which is fine and good for you. But doesn't it feel a little bit like, not that they're completely stuck in purgatory, but that 
this White Sox team with all the talent and investments that they've made, they're just not really ever going to reach that pinnacle of winning a World Series. How how long is this window going to stay open? And to be honest, it probably will be open for a decent amount of time because you got young guys in Jimenez, you got Robert, you know, Anderson, if he figures it out. I mean, Abreu's getting up there, I guess, but I actually don't even know how old Abreu is, but I assume he's not um, that young. Let's see, he's 30, yeah, he's 35 years old. So, yeah, he's been he's been doing this for quite some time. How much can you get him playing like an MVP type, right? Yohan Mankata, obviously you're going to have him for a while. He'll be a stud, he's 26. So you have these pieces. But I just it just seems tough to imagine this team is finally going to turn it around just like that for some reason. I don't know what it is. They can't hit righties. They can't hit on the road. They can't hit well against top teams. They can't close out games. And it could be an overreaction, but let's be honest. I mean, do you think they're better than the Astros right now? Do you think they're better than the Blue Jays, the Yankees, the Rays, the Mets, the Dodgers? No, I don't. I mean... Maybe the Rays, they can make it competitive against them. But the Brewers have shorter odds to win the World Series than the White Sox do. 12-1 to for the Brewers, 13-1 to for the White Sox. I'm just saying, guys, it's, it's, it, it's tough to trust this White Sox team. And I can imagine, if you're a Sox fan, that you're incredibly disappointed knowing that you should be excited for this series against the Yankees and hope it can be competitive and fun and show how good this team can be. But really, deep down, you know, there's probably not that much of a fighting chance as shown on display yesterday. Who knows, though? Things could change. But let me know your thoughts at DandyBerg5. Look, like when the Cubs were great in 2016, it was such a comfortable feeling because you knew that they could come back and win in certain situations. You knew they could hang with the big boys, right? That was the difference. Like, I don't know, I guess think about like, even like, say, the Bears, the Blackhawks, the Bulls, when they've been great. Like, you know you have a championship team when they play a top team and you don't have to sweat out about it or be nervous. That's the difference between a team you're hoping can get there and a team that's actually there. Blackhawks, during their dynasty, you never really got afraid after their first Stanley Cup when, you know, they were maybe lost a game in the postseason. You're like, ah, they'll figure it out. And they did. Right? They did. The Bears, even though they weren't great offensively in the years that, like 2006 with Devin Hester, and then, what, 2012, like, you're just like, yeah, they'll find a way to still be good and make the playoffs. And granted, you know, they didn't win the Super Bowls or anything, but, you know, you had enough conviction with them that they'd figure it out, just like you do with Tom Brady teams, Patrick Mahomes teams. You know that they're good enough to figure it out. And with the Bulls this year, now you didn't get that against any top team. So you knew that they weren't going to be legit. No chance. The White Sox have a similar feeling to that, it seems. And it's tough to envision them just automatically flipping the script. But it is baseball. If there's a sport where it could happen instantaneously, it kind of is baseball. Dumb luck. But look, we've seen it happen to other teams, to probably more inferior teams, we've seen crazier things happen. It's not even crazy. Like, the White Sox are still talented enough to win the World Series. I just don't know if they believe it themselves by the way they play against some of these top contenders. 
You don't have that sense of comfort like I'm sure every Bulls fan did during the 90s, knowing that Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Rodman and the rest of the crew, Phil Jackson, they were going to figure it out. You don't have that sense of security. Not even close. I mean, for anyone to get that close is obviously huge compared to the 90s Bulls. But again, you get what I'm alluding to. The switch needs to be flipped. Can it happen tonight? Can it happen with this series? Can it happen against any good team? We're going to have to wait to find out. Like I said, probably looking to fade the White Sox in some capacity. If you're looking for an appropriate line, look for the run line with the Yankees. Unless you're comfortable laying up to minus 175, then the money line could be your route to take or the Yankees. I don't know. I mean, if you have faith in the White Sox, please let me know why, because I genuinely can't find a reason to trust them. Not tonight. No. What about the Cubs? Can we trust the Cubs? Well, you know the answer to that. This game is going to be hilarious. You know why? I tell you about how you have these kind of inklings and these feelings and what's going to come to fruition. And you got to think you kind of know what's going to happen tonight with the Cubs taking on the Diamondbacks. And you know why I say that? Because the pitching matchup is Drew Smiley for the Cubs. But guess who's pitching for Arizona? Oh, it's our good old pal, Zach Davies. <laughs> Zach Davies was one of the worst pitchers that the Cubs have had in the past, I don't know, I don't want to go too long, but five years. I mean, statistically, he was just awful. Like, terrible. But how classic of the Cubs is it going to be to have Zach Davies throw at least like six scoreless innings against them? That's the Cub way. A former player who was pretty subpar with you to then face you with a new team and just absolutely dominate. That's how Chicago Cubs baseball works. That's how Chicago sports work. It's inevitable, right? So I'm predicting six scoreless innings out of Zach Davies tonight. And hey, if he doesn't get it, he'll find some way to just play well enough to make the Cubs regret not holding on to him, which they shouldn't have. But of course, he's not doing that bad now with the Diamondbacks. He's 1-1, one 3.34 one, ERA, 1.21 whip, 4.27 FIP, and a 4.47 Sierra. Again, not great numbers. But he has been better at home. He's got a FIP of 3.45 at home. 2.93 ERA, 268 Woba. Drew Smiley, he's 1-3, 3.04 ERA, 1.23 whip, 5.07 FIP. Concerning, also concerning, his home run to fly ball ratio is 18.5%. And his Sierra, though, is not terrible, 3.91. <laughs> I want to bet the Diamondbacks in this game, but again, I know I'm joking, but I'm also pretty serious that Davies, you know, having a great game. I His numbers really aren't that great as someone I want to trust. And the Diamondbacks bullpen is third to last in ERA at 4.97 and in whip in 1.43. And they're hitting worse at home with an OPS of just 598. Also hitting worse against Southpaws, 614 OPS. Like the Cubs on paper should win this game especially after taking two out of three against the Padres. But the Diamondbacks, they haven't been too shabby either. They've won their last three out of five games. Cubs did take two out of three against San Diego. But I don't know. I mean, <laughs> this is there's so much into this that I just can't touch it. 
because you can look at this and go, all right, this is a good buy low spot on the Cubbies. Sure, plus 106, Diamondbacks minus 124. Simultaneously, it could be, well, you got the Davies narrative, you got Arizona, who's overall been a more consistent team, and just the Cubs are the Cubs. But then you also go back and go, ah, this Diamondbacks bullpen is terrible, and then, well, I don't know, the Cubs are going to be missing Nico Horner, not that that's going to affect the line, but helps defensively at least. I don't know. I'm at a loss here. I would maybe bet the total going over. It did bump up from 8.5 to 9. If you want to lay the run in the hook with the D-backs, it's plus 160. If you want to take it with the Cubbies, it's minus $2. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I guess maybe you're just looking to take the over. I mean, again, but like the Diamondbacks offense can be terrible. The Cubs offense has been and can be terrible. It's been coming alive the past couple of games for sure. But this one screams stay away. I will silently watch Zach Davies tear this Cubs offense apart. Because that seems like it's inevitable. (laughs) Does it not? I mean, come on. It just is classic Chicago sports. Especially in baseball. So it looks like the over, yeah, the over is getting a lot of love actually, folks. So hey, that could be an option to take. I don't think I've hit a total over this year. I'm not going to lie. We pushed with that Red Sox-Braves one. Again, six runs heading into like the third or the fourth. We pushed. Bad beat again. But it does seem like everywhere the over is getting some love. Again, not not the most reliable pitchers here. Offenses haven't been great, but if there's a time for them to show up, score enough, could be tonight against a respective opponent. So I guess if I were betting it, I would recommend betting this total over. But let me know what you're riding. At Danny Burke 5, I'm curious to see what you're betting, if you're betting any of these Chicago sports teams tonight. Seems tricky, and maybe not the White Sox one as much. It's tricky to lay that much with the Yankees, sure. But you know what? No, you know what would happen if I bet the Yankees tonight on the money line? They would win, but they would win by one. That's what would happen. Look how pessimistic I am nowadays. It's annoying, right? You're like, shut up, Danny. Sorry. I just got a vent. Like I said, this is like a therapy session for me here on the Chicago City Cat. I appreciate you guys listening to me sulking in my bad beats. But look, I enjoy hearing other people's... I don't enjoy when other people are miserable, but I enjoy hearing people vent about it because we all need to. We're human. Sports betting is incredibly hard. You got to use whatever platform you can to vent out your frustrations because you know probably your family... Your girlfriend, your boyfriend, whatever, your friends, like a majority of them probably don't care or realize how bad of a beat may be. So you got to have a community that you can vent to it about. And that's what I use this platform to do. That's what I use Twitter to do. And then it kind of helps alleviate the pain a little bit. And knowing other people suffer the same type of bad beats, you're like, yeah, it's not just you. This happens to everyone. It's the name of the game. But at the end of the day, the cream will rise to the top and we're going to have some solid winners along the way. So keep on trucking. Let's push through. Let's take a quick break here. Come back. Talk some NBA postseason, some Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, and my uh, little rant on the Bears and their win total with their new schedule release. That coming up next right here on the Chicago CityCast. Baseball is here and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every single Saturday throughout the entire season. Place a three-leg Same game parlay of at least $25 and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to help you make your perfect combination. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. 
Com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1-800-426-2537. All right, let's talk some Bears schedule release here on the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. <laughs> I tweeted my two cents on the matter, and it seemed like some people didn't agree. And let's be honest, I feel like a majority of people wouldn't agree. And I said it a week ago. And look, I, I really, even though it's come out, I haven't gone fully in depth with the schedule. But I still feel like the Bears, at a win total of six and a half, I would rather bet the over than the under. I would rather bet the over because I'd want to have faith in my favorite team. I don't want to root against the Bears. But objectively, the Bears have an easier schedule objectively, the Bears will have more of a competent coaching staff, give Justin Fields time, protection, and letting him develop into the playmaker we all believe he can be. After the schedule was released, we told you about where these odds may move, saying, hey, if it's really good, maybe it moves one way. If it's bad, the other, blah, blah, blah. Good thing, you know, we ended up kind of waiting here. I mean, and if you didn't, it's not that big of a difference. But the over six and a half is now plus 103 at Bet Rivers. The under is minus 125. So maybe some action to the under, or maybe the odds makers are just saying, hey, that's eh, actually kind of a tough schedule. Well, you get the 49ers at home week one. You're on the road against the Packers week two. Texans week three at home. You're at the New York Giants week four. At the Vikings week five. Week 6, you get the Commanders. Week 7, you're in Foxborough against the Patriots. Week 8, you get the Cow- or you're in Jerry World against the Cowboys. Week 9, you get the Dolphins at home. Week 10, you get the Lions. Week 11, you're at the Falcons. Week 12, you're at the Jets. Good stretch there. Week 13, you're hosting the Packers. Finally, you get your bye in week 14. Week 15, you get the Eagles at home. The Bills at home following. And then you're on the road against Detroit. And then finally, week 18, Minnesota Vikings at home all right 49ers week one look you may think this is a blowout you may think they have no chance and you're not necessarily wrong but let's be honest for a second the bears here's the thing i honestly feel like roster wise talent wise on paper no the bears are not as good as they were last year but you don't need all that talent in that roster to be better than the bears team last season They could have been better, but again, they had an incompetent coaching staff. And that's putting it nicely. So to have lesser talent, so to speak, but with a organized, disciplined, and maybe knowledgeable coaching staff, that can have you be just as good, competitive, if not better than they were last year. That's my argument here. The 49ers don't know what they're doing at quarterback. Trey Lance, you haven't heard great things about it. Jimmy G, who the hell knows what's going on? Look, the 49ers probably win that game, but I don't think it's going to be a complete blowout. They're a better team. They're better scheming. They're better play callers. Like all of that. Yes, that's understood. But they have quarterback issues. Come on. I'm just saying, don't go too nuts assuming they're going to be great because they made the playoffs last year. Just saying. But realistically, yes, the Bears probably lose that game. And then you'll go to Lambeau. You'll lose at Green Bay in week two. So you're 0-2. I'm giving the Bears a win in week three versus the Texans. Week four at New York against the Giants, this is a 50-50 game to me. The Giants are a team that does have talent on paper, but again, talk about an incompetent organization as of late. So the Bears absolutely could win it. Maybe you give it a loss, whatever, I'll count it 50-50. So we got one win, 
Then you're at New York Giants toss-up. At Minnesota, you probably lose. Week 6 versus the Commanders. I think you can win that game. I think you should win that game. Two wins. At New England, loss. At Cowboys, loss. Week 9 versus Miami. Cool, they got Tyree Kill. They got some speedy guys. They got some good threats. Oh, do they have a quarterback who could throw it to them? No. 50-50 game. Week 10 versus Detroit, win. Three wins. Week 11 at Atlanta, win. Four wins. Yes, you should beat the Falcons. Uh, week 12 at the New York Jets. Yes, a team that does have talent. Draft a lot of guys. Still the Jets, 50-50. But I lean to the Bears being able to win that game. Who the hell knows what's going to happen by week 12. Week 13 versus the Packers, you probably lose. Week 15 versus the Eagles, I think that could be a winnable game. Jalen Hurts isn't the greatest quarterback in the league. I think Fields will turn out better than him. Hell, we hope he does. So yeah, that's 50-50 to me. Uh, week 16 versus Buffalo, you'll lose. Week 17 at Detroit, you can win. What's that, like four or five wins right now with a couple of toss-ups. Week 18 versus Minnesota. We say this every year, but I do think Minnesota is going to be better now that they're going offensive-oriented with their coaching staff. But you could split with Minnesota. I'm just saying, I think there's a handful of 50-50 games that could push them over 6.5. And, and I'm not saying it's going to be my favorite bet or something that I may actually end up doing. I'm going to wait to see where these odds move because we may get a better number, right? You may get a better number on the six and a half based on where the momentum goes throughout uh, summer camp and from all the rumblings, injuries happen. And maybe you could even look at an alternate line and get the Bears at six flat and lay a little bit. I wouldn't hate that route to take either. All I'm saying is the Bears seem like they have a competent hierarchy now from Ryan Poles down. And they invested in the offensive line. No, they didn't invest in skill players per se, but you still got Herbert. You still got Montgomery. You need Cole Komet to develop. Let's see if Darnell Mooney can take a step forward. Byron Pringle is an absolute speedster who can kill you on any play. And then we'll see if Velas Jones can develop into something. Everybody's overreacting because the Bears don't have a big-name receiver. And maybe it's going to be right. But that's not my fear. That's not what I think they need to do at this stage. I would have liked it, sure. But remember this. They have the most cap space for next year. They will give Justin Fields protection. See what his skill sets are at the highest professional level. Then bring in the right talent that can best suit him. But he had no time last year, folks. Yet he was still able to have miraculous plays. They didn't come often, but they came. He will have more opportunities to do that here with a developed offensive line and an actual play caller in Luke Getze. You will see improvement, you will see development, and you will see a team that maybe not very transparently, maybe not abruptly, but slowly and surely will be on the right path to being a better football team defensively who the hell knows that's a different question but hey you know we bitched and moaned kind of jokingly because of our picks but that they invested defensively who knows maybe those guys in the secondary can actually step up and be sufficient maybe eddie jackson can actually be a turnover machine once again maybe roquan smith goes off like he has been even though he doesn't get respect from it up front with the defensive interior yeah that's probably going to need some help but you really just need your secondary to figure it out don't get exposed. Don't dig big holes for yourself in these games. That was a big issue last year, among with the offenses we know. We'll see if those issues have been addressed. 
But more importantly, we just need to see the progress in those areas. All I'm saying is I probably could see the Bears in that range of six to seven wins. If they end up with five wins, yeah, I'll be very disappointed. If they get seven to eight wins, great season in my opinion. Because you went over expectations and you're clearly showing you're on the path to developing a good, competent organization and hopefully a good quarterback along the way. I get it. You don't want to trust them. It's easy to say they're going to stink. And I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team. I'm not saying I'm guaranteeing they go over six and a half wins. But based on the favorable schedule and the different people coming into town to help you out, there is a chance. I have more excitement about this team than I did last year. That's for damn sure. And you should too. All right, let's go back to the NBA. Hit the hardwood. Talk some postseason action here. Big games tonight. Oh, baby. So I'll begin with the Grizzlies and Warriors game. We spent some time on it yesterday. I mean, there's not much more to say about whatever the hell that was the other game. But we have the Warriors minus one and a half on the series spread. So we do need Golden State to win this game. If you want to hedge it, bet Memphis on the money line plus 280. I don't think you need to hedge it. I think the Warriors figure out a way to win. I know the Grizzlies have been really successful without John Morant, but can they do it for a third straight time? I mean, I know the first time they lost, but it was barely a loss. They just blew it. They didn't have anybody to close out, but they're not playing as good on the road against Golden State. And that's probably going to happen again. And it's indicated in the spread. Warriors an eight-point favorite. They opened up like eight and a half. I'm not saying I'd lay the spread with the Warriors. Hell no. But I think the Warriors will find a way. Total's at about 218 and a half. I think this total actually bumped up a little bit. Let me double check. I don't hate the idea of going over in this game. Because you assume Memphis can't, or excuse me, you assume that Golden State's not going to shoot as poorly. Oh, by the way, I actually opened up 219 and a half. So it's moved down a little bit, but not too crazy. But yeah, I mean, maybe Golden State goes out there and dominates and you get garbage time points and it goes over. I don't know. I mean, look, I'm just trying to find an angle to bet it. I've got none. I'm just going to write it out and hope Golden State finishes it off. For the first game, though, wow, this is going to be fun. I think Scott Foster is officiating this game. So take that information as you will. It's no Chris Paul data, but uh, it scares you a little bit. Has the momentum pendulum swung in favor of Milwaukee? I thought it did for Boston, but I mean, shoot, so did everybody else. They were up double digits with like four minutes to go. Talk about the resiliency from this Milwaukee squad to still hang in there, hit the big shots, hit the free throws, play defense, and win that game. Is that enough to clinch it tonight, or is it just an absolute reset? Because I thought Boston winning game four after being down double digits was enough to get them the series, but then Milwaukee showed enough, again, resiliency to come through. That's a championship experience there. That is a full team. And I might eat crow by saying this, but I have said it before. Look, I just don't trust Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart. That, to me, is not a winning team. That is not a winning roster. It never has been, and in my opinion, it never will be, regardless of what happens tonight. You really going to expect Al Horford to have 30-plus point games from here on out? No. He did it the one time. That was his highest-scoring game in his career. Not saying he can't have another productive game, but like, come on. And Robert Williams might be back, which will be huge for Boston if he is. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I'm going to bet this one. 
But man, I sure as hell hope Milwaukee wins. We have the Bucks to win in six at plus 550 if they win tonight. If they win in seven, we get seven to one odds. Yeah, winning in seven would be fantastic. But honestly, I don't want it to go to seven. I don't want to have to sweat out another game, even though you're getting a $1.50 better on our odds. I don't trust Milwaukee going back to TD Garden and winning again. Hell no. Finish it off tonight, Milwaukee. We'll take the plus 550, and we will be content with that. We already cashed our over five and a half games played. Give me the plus 550 as well. And Boston, get them the hell out of here and move on Milwaukee so we can continue with our championship bet at 5-1. to one. Please, let's go. Line open 1.5. You've seen it be steady at 1.5. Total open 212. If anything, it's moved down. 211 is the lowest I've seen. Now, we told you about this on the other show, and we tell you about it all the time on the network, but at vsin.com, great tool under our vsin plus tools, you can go to the money report. This tells you the discrepancies between the handle and bets percentages, and here they are. Let's go over them really quick. So for the Celtics and Bucks game with the spread, having the Bucks as a slight favorite, 64% of the bets on Milwaukee attributing to 65% of the handle. Money line, it's reversed act, well not reverse, but... It's the opposite in the sense that 60% of the bets are going on Boston money line. 56% of the handle is on Boston money line. The line hasn't moved too much, so this one's kind of tricky to decipher. Total, 211.5 or so. 58% of the handle is on the over. 52% of bets, though, are on the under. So uh, it seems like the sharper money is on the under maybe slightly sharper money on Boston, but not much, if any. Man, this is going to be tough. I I just think with that series, nobody really has a damn clue. And I don't know how you could. You don't. You don't know what's going to happen at the end of the day in a series like this. But And I get it that I have skin in the game for Milwaukee, and I want them to win. If I wasn't invested, I do still think I would look to betting the Bucks. But I certainly wouldn't have that much confidence with it because of what happened in Game 4 at Milwaukee. And look, the Bucks don't have the greatest home court advantage, let's be honest. But the fact that they win and won that game at Boston, they know they got to close this thing out tonight. They know that they were very fortunate to go away and steal that win. They don't want to have to go back there and try it again. The chances they can do it again, in my opinion, are slim to none. And you may think, how the hell could you say that? It's going to be like a pickup. Trust me. And you know that too deep down. To steal two like that, and especially in a Game 7 with that crowd going nuts, and if you're still going to be missing Middleton, the Bucks have to close it out tonight. Let's see if Budenholzer still has that big man strategy that he implemented down the stretch. Bobby Portis needs to be a contributor offensively. Brooke Lopez, start grabbing some more rebounds like you've been doing from time to time. But where's your energy and your scoring that you had against the Bulls? Same with Grayson Allen. Like, come on, man. You guys just torture the Bulls, but then don't do squat against the Celtics. I get it. It's a better team, better defensively. But come on. They need your help. They need your contributions. Man, I hope they get them tonight. And you're probably thinking as a Chicago sports fan, like, Danny, why the hell are you rooting for Milwaukee so hard? I mean, you know we have bets invested, but I just honestly think this team was so undervalued coming into this series, and I just really want them to come through because I never trusted the Celtics. I still don't, and I thought it was ludicrous that you were getting that much plus money with Milwaukee. This is a championship team. They have the most unguardable player in the NBA, in Giannis Antetokounmpo. They should win this series, and man, I'm hoping they do. 
I'll talk more about it on Rush Hour. Probably give you some prop bets or something around that criteria. But, man, I'll be sweating that one out hard. Hockey tonight. I uh, haven't really looked at it too much. I'm not going to lie. But, again, like I said, I'll go more into it in depth on Rush Hour. Rangers and Penguins tonight. Rangers a slight favorite despite this game being in Pittsburgh. I believe Sidney Crosby will be out, which is a huge loss, obviously, for Pittsburgh. So that would be my assumption why the line is in favor of New York. Looking to uh, tie this series up at three apiece and force a game seven. Uh, let me check really quick on Sidney Crosby's status. So he will undergo further evaluation upon the team's return to Pittsburgh on Thursday. That's just what ESPN is saying, but I'm sure on Twitter there's more info. So, of course, search that before you make any rash decisions. Probably going to stay away from that game. Would maybe take the plus money with Pittsburgh to close it out at home. That seems like the better angle to take. Uh, Florida and Washington. Oh, my goodness. That series has just been incredibly wild. I mean, the back and forth, the blowing leads, it's insane. Does Florida close it out tonight? Minus 180 on the road? I don't know, man. Washington plus 150 is tempting as hell because it's still Washington. It's still Ovechkin. It's still a gritty team that's always competitive and doesn't fall over. And they're probably going to have one last stand. <laughs> I don't know. I would probably lean Washington. Total's at seven, by the way. Juice to the under minus 134. Can the Flames close it out this evening? They lead the series 3-2. to two. We're big flame supporters here on the show. They came through for us and won in regulation the other night. Also, I took a little flyer on them to win the Stanley Cup a while back, if you recall. Them and the Hurricanes. Um, yeah, Calgary, they are minus 167 as the road favorite at Bet Rivers. The Stars plus 143. Total is short here at 5.5 and, and shaded to the under minus 136. The goalies have been outstanding in this series. Every single game, really. And the Flames statistically have outplayed the Stars, but that's just how great Ottinger has been. And with the home ice advantage, it came through for him last game. But now you're going back to Dallas. It's going to be tough for sure. Market at open like minus 156 for Calgary. And if anything, there's barely been movement, like up to minus 160 in some spots in Vegas. Like we said, though, here in Illinois, I mean, it's been more respect toward Calgary up to minus 167. But... um yeah, I don't know, man. This one's tough, too. Plus 163, if I can interest you in the puck line with Calgary. If you don't want to lay minus 167, if you want to take the puck in the hook with Dallas, it's minus $2. These games are tough tonight. I don't know if I'm going to end up betting any of these ones. Probably get involved again tomorrow. Early lines, by the way. Boston, plus 114 against the Hurricanes, minus 132. I'll probably be betting the Hurricanes in that game. Honestly, might end up playing it on the show tonight as an early play. Lightning, Maple Leafs. Lightning winning in overtime. They keep up the streak. What are they, 17-0 now after postseason losses? My goodness. Ugh. Toronto's minus 124. I mean, you got to think Toronto wins, but who the hell knows? Jeez. And the Oilers are going to be the most Edmonton Oilers type of team, I feel like. They won that game against the Kings last night. They're minus 220 at home. How are you laying 220 with Edmonton? They're going to be dumb enough to lose it, aren't they? Plus 185 if you think they are on the Kings. But honestly, if you are betting Edmonton, I would just lay the puck in the hook. Plus 120. I don't think I'm going to touch that series, though. But man, yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably bet the Hurricanes. I don't know why, like, just because I had this thought before the series of that the Lightning would win. 
I want them to win, not that I bet it. But if I didn't say that or feel like I, for some reason, am just rooting for Tampa Bay in this series, you got to think Toronto probably wins this game, right? Just the way it's gone. Toronto is getting love in the market as well. I mean, they open minus 118. They're up to minus 125. Hey, maybe I'll do a happiness hedge. It's not like I'm a Lightning fan again, but like, yeah, I don't know. I said they'd win the series, so I'm kind of rooting for it. But Toronto's getting some love. Edmonton's getting a little bit of love in the market. Yeah, Boston's actually getting a tad bit of love early on, it seems. Line hasn't been too crazy. It's either moved down or just been steady. You can get like minus 130 on the Hurricanes if you want to bet them. That will probably be the team I bet. But man, it sucks that Frederick Anderson hasn't been playing. If they get eliminated and he didn't even get to play a game in this first round, that's just such a bummer. I mean, he's one of the better goalies in hockey. The Hurricanes finally looking like a top team. Their home ice advantage is huge, though. They dominated their last home game. So, um, yeah, I, I'm not going to say that they're going to dominate like that, but the home ice boost is huge for Carolina. So I'll probably be tacking them on as a top play in hockey. But like I always say, let me know what you're playing at Danny Burke 5. Looking to bounce back at the end of this week, folks. Hopefully we get some winners. Be sure to check out Rush Hour. Danny's Dimes will have plenty more of them. And then, yeah, we'll look forward to this weekend and see what kind of uh, Game 7s may come to fruition or just end up finishing, right, with the hockey games tomorrow. Basketball, we'll see if we have to see a Milwaukee and Boston Game 7. I sure as hell hope we don't. So just know I will be, well, it's funny, actually, because I got a wedding tonight. So I'm going to need someone to send me updates. Obviously, I'll check the score, but let me know if anything ludicrous happens, which it inevitably will because it's the NBA postseason. <laughs> but that's going to be a nightmare if it's a back-and-forth game and I'm going to be having to try to like watch this game on my phone somehow. So please, Milwaukee, just be consistently winning by double digits. You're going to be like, Danny, why are you so nervous? You're not the one getting married. Well, you know, I'm sweating out the Bucks and Celtics right now. They're like, dude, what the hell are you talking about? Get off your damn phone. Sorry. You got a plus 550 ticket on the line, baby. Come on. All right, guys. That's going to wrap it up for another edition of the CityCast. Thank you for tuning in. Always appreciate if you like or subscribe. Best of luck with all your plays. Enjoy your weekend. Go outside and enjoy the weather and cash some winners for me. Why don't you? We'll talk to you again on Monday. Take care.